This is WWDB 860 AM full-time real estate radio. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. And again, we are with the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team. Biggest fan over here, number one fan, Stacy Mitchell. Big, the number one Remax team since 2018 in Pennsylvania and in Delaware. And obviously, we're here to talk about real estate, here to educate the consumers. And what we want to start with is something that's happening in Oregon right now and has also been a major talking point, I would say, since as long as you've been in real estate and definitely over the past 12, 18 months about fair housing. So what's going on? And this comes from an, uh, Matthew Blake at Housing Wire is reporting this. Uh, and before we get started, if you got any questions, email us, info at tooltimeradio.com. We're streaming live on our Facebook page right now. Nick's the man behind the camera, taking care of all the tech stuff. Doesn't get enough love. Again, back to Matthew Blake at Housing Wire. So uh, in the state of Oregon, there is House Bill 2550 was written by Oregon Representative Mark Meek, who is also a broker at Avid Real Estate Executives. The bill runs one page and talks about affirmative duties of real estate agents. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. We don't leave, live in Oregon. The final sentence is the key here, and this is going to what I see is set the tone for what happens throughout the country. Um, and it was the final sentence is in order to help a seller avoid selecting a buyer based on the buyer's race, color, religion, sexual orientation, national origin, marital status, or familial status as prohibited by the fair housing act, a seller's agent shall reject any communication other than, Customary documents in a real estate transaction, including photographs provided by the buyer. So, Stacy, this is something we've talked about a lot internally. We talk about it externally because there's certain things in the Pennsylvania contract that we'll get into. What do you think about this bill that is on the docket in the Oregon legislature right now? Well, I think it's something that we have to watch closely um, because I think whatever happens in Oregon could definitely ripple through the entire country. Um, so I'm curious to see how this pans out here in Oregon. But this is something that we always talk about in the office because mm -hmm. um, I know that how you feel about and you're very strong and, and most uh, agents are um, about the so-called love letters. And as benign as they seem to be for the most part, um, if you're not experienced or you don't, you know, there could be something in these letters that um, could be misconstrued or be taken as, a, you know, a, a reason that a seller chose a particular offer over another. So, so explain to the audience what these love letters are, because I don't think a lot of people are well versed in this. Um, and it's something that was commonplace. And as the market got more competitive, it happened more and more. So why don't you explain what these love letters are? And then we can get into this a little more, a little more deeper. It is so competitive. So any edge a buyer thinks that they can, you know, if, if they can do anything to, to beat out other offers, uh, they're going to definitely try it. So it could just be an, a little, a, a little letter to, um, from the buyer's to the sellers saying how much they love the house. They can see their families in there, um, you know, celebrating holidays. 
mm-hmm. you know, the growing families. So it's a letter from the buyers to the seller. Yeah. So and and what what happens a lot of times is that the the buyer agent says, "Hey, pull at their heartstrings. Yes. Write them something emotional, and mm-hmm. in the hopes that the seller will overlook price and terms, which mm-hmm. that's what our job to optimize is." they will overlook price and terms because they have an emotional connection. Correct. And the reality is people make emotional decisions all the time and people don't always make logical decisions. We talk about this all constantly. <laughs> right. uh, so th- that's that's kind of the issue here. So before mm-hmm. we even get into this, I want to explain and, and bring it back to the audience here what the law is in Pennsylvania, specifically what it says in the listing contract. So this is paragraph 19 of the listing contract says, federal and state laws make it illegal for a seller, a broker, or anyone Anyone is in there to use race, color, religion, or religious creed, sex, disability, physical or mental, familial status, children under 18 years of age, age, 40 or older, national origin, use or handling and training of support or guide animals, or the fact of relationship or association to an individual known to have a disability as reasons for refusing to sell, show, or rent properties, loan money, or set deposits, or as reasons for any decision relating to the sale of the property. So here, here's the, my view of this is, is you know, I'm, I'm a big supporter of this legislation because no matter what the laws are, and we saw this last year when real estate was shut down, mm-hmm. there's a reason why agents have a bad reputation. And people think realtors are snake oil salespeople sometimes because they always push the envelope. They're, they're worried about the sale and, th- you know, that, that, I'd love to say it doesn't happen. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I mean, this this is a challenge, and and it's just the same reason you know other professions get a bad reputation too. So, the reason I'm a supporter of this is that there are instances where you get these letters, right, and they have a picture of the family, Correct. so you can see, or at least surmise, because it's not always obvious, you know what what race they are. You can see mm-hmm. what their kids look like, right, right. Uh, and if they have families. Right. I have seen agents send communication to the listing agent saying, hey, my buyer's disabled and I need one floor living. So and, and they know about this stuff. They've had the training. This is training that goes on with the Board of Realtors. Um, we, we're members of the Tri-County Board of Realtors. I mean, they have fair housing training all the time. That's part of becoming a realtor because there's a difference between a real estate salesperson and a realtor in general. So the, the whole point here is people know better. And they do it anyway. So I'm a big proponent of this legislation. Um, I know we have a policy at our team. We have it right on our offer instructions that says we will not present these because, you know, we can talk through a little bit of this. But here's the nightmare scenario. How many how many buyers do you have that lost out on more than, let's say, three or four properties? Uh, too many to count. Too right many now. to count. <laughs> what's, what's their emotional state? Uh, yeah, they get very frustrated. Yep, for sure. Get very frustrated, right? So. When people are in those emotional states, what happens? They don't make logical decisions. Correct. So it is not that far-fetched in the current climate to have a buyer who lost out on their dream home, who is upset, who is emotionally drained and says, you know what? Mm -hmm. I found out there was a letter written here because sometimes the listing agent will tell you and they wrote a really nice letter. We went with them. I've heard this before. I've heard this too. And That's all they need to hear. Well, the buyer, they don't know what's in the letter, right? (laughs) Right. There's a picture in there. It doesn't matter if there's any. And here's, Mm -hmm. let's read the last, the last line of that paragraph, paragraph 19, as reasons for any decision. So that's basically any, if you're going to sell your property at all, and that was what they said. Now, again, if it's verbal versus in writing, that's a whole nother thing. It is not that far-fetched in today's world to have a frivolous lawsuit or a 
grounded lawsuit. It could be either. I don't know the situation from someone that's emotionally drained, has been through the ringer and is losing out on home after home. This is what's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. And if agents don't get it together and stop focusing on the micro, which is I need to close this sale. And that's why realtors oftentimes get a bad reputation. They focus on closing the sale instead of what's best and what's legal, Mm -hmm. best for their clients and what's legal to do. There will be a lawsuit here. Mm -hmm. Someone is going to get sued. And I, I, I have no doubt about that. So that's why I like this legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I may sound like I'm on a, on a soapbox here and, and everything else, but this is a big issue right now. It I mean, is a big issue. And I think it, if it does pass in Oregon and it would make it to Pennsylvania um, and it passes, it definitely it's going to just make everything clear and concise. We'll just use the documents that we the customary documents, the Pennsylvania documents um, to submit offers and no extra added you know, <laughs> letters, pictures, whatever they want to throw in on it. Well, and, and this isn't just limited to here. I mean, there was a big expose about um, Long Island. It I was remember uh, that. Long yes. Island Uncovered, which um, what they talked about is that it was, um, it. Uh, I think it was called a Long Island Uncovered, or uh, we'll have to look up the name here. They were stealing, um, weren't they? Here's what it is. It was on Newsday. So mm-hmm. let me let me look this up while we're here. Um, and they were steering. I mean, that was, and th- there was test real estate testers. There was 25 of them. They were videoing what was going on. And, at the, and they said, you don't want to live here. This neighborhood's X. <laughs> and there was 93 agents that were tested. They recorded 240 hours of meetings. And look, New York's a different state than here. You need two party consent in Pennsylvania. Obviously not the case in, in New York. There was 5,763 listings analyzed. And the three-year investigation, I mean, this, this is a big a deal. The three-year investigation uncovered widespread evidence of unequal treatment by real estate agents on Long Island. And then they broke down. I'm not going to get into how often it was against different, different classes because they broke it down in terms of Hispanic and Asian and black people. You know, I mean, it, and it was frequent enough that it happened. And, and the whole point here is, if that's going on, you think sellers aren't making these same decisions? And, and you know, to me, I... I yeah, I'm a business person. I mean, you've sold homes, right? What do you look for? We look for the terms and the price. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't like, I, yeah. and, and I think, but at the same time, I've seen people make these decisions. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where we as agents, I mean, I think there, there's a need to do better. And the, the folks that just want to throw the, you know, throw the caution to the wind, say, hey, here's, here, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. My, my buyer's disabled, please accept our offer, which like, I've, I've seen that communication in writing before it blows my mind. So, you know, that, that legislation passes, let's say it gets to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens next? Are our agents going to change their behavior? Are buyers going to change their behavior? Uh, well, I think the good educated agents, uh, will definitely change behavior. Um, but you always have the, some bad agents out there. You know, we talk about that also. A- any industry, by the way, that's not Absolutely. just real estate. Absolutely. Any industry, there's going to be some bad apples. Um, yeah, I think it's going to force the issue. We're going to have to, you know, everybody's going to have to make the changes necessary. And that will totally be out of the equation, um, which I think will be awesome, too. I think it's it would be needed. It's definitely needed here. Well, and I, I think ultimately, I mean, it's it's this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's enough analyzation of the offers as it is. People are already looking at I mean, right. your finances, they get this, they get this, I shouldn't say discriminated. They get vetted very heavily mm-hmm. because people look at, are they going to have enough money for the appraisal difference? What kind of loan are they getting? What are we dealing with with an appraisal? Mm-hmm. Um, you can call the, the mortgage 
a loan mm -hmm. officer to get more information. Uh, so yeah, you and in multiple offer situations, you can put those details in a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. So all the seller gets to see is a spreadsheet with the detailed information. So there would be no attachments, no other you know papers to to sift through. Well, and I, I think that, that it's also how you present the how you present these things, right? And I, that that to me is probably the most important thing. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, if you find out information about the buyer, you got to really be careful about what that is. Um, you know, now for example, in the past, I've had agents tell me on older homes that are in you know Lower Marion or on the main line, hey, my buyer's an engineer; they're going to do every inspection possible. Well, that that to me is that's something you you want to share with the seller. That's what you should be doing as an agent versus it's a nice family moving into the home. Right. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people, they, they kind of expect that. They say, well, we're looking for a family or we're looking for people that are doing this. We can't market that way. And you look at how Facebook and Google have had to change their marketing. They're up against this too. You know, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. You could go on a Facebook ad and run an ad and say, I want everyone in this zip code that makes between X and Y a year and is this old, which is the same thing what we're talking about here. And you can run a housing ad to them. Now you can only target within 15 miles and they have some controls there. So this is something that's evolving mm -hmm. as we go. And, and uh, you know, that that's really where th this this is important. So and, and this isn't the only area this is happening in. I mean, there's other um, you know, there, there's a, a non for profit groups in Wisconsin that are trying to work with more fair housing. Um, and uh, according to Newsday in New York, and this was uh, this came out a, a week ago, um, there's a package of anti-discrimination bills uh, that are on the legislature uh, docket in New in the state of New York as well in response to the response Long to Island divided. Yeah. That's what it was called. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, I, I just don't know how this hasn't happened sooner. And I would right. actually put it on the board of realtors that they, they need to get better direction on this. I mean, you know, you, you're a realtor, right? You went through the training. I mm -hmm. mean, did they ever talk about don't write these love letters? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about love letters. So sure. wh what do they say at the training? Right. Um, they advise against it because of the fact that it it could totally cross the line in these areas. And again, the buyers know they they're so excited they want to put their offer and they say all kinds of things like you said. Uh, I, you know, my daughter's disabled, or um, our church is right down the street. You know, there's things that could be contained in those letters, and uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's just better left alone. Um, that way you're not crossing, there's no line to cross there. Where I will give PR a lot of credit is they do have every two years, they, uh, they have requirements for fair housing classes. So we all got to take one. Mm -hmm. Um, this year's is called diversity, fair housing and inclusion. And, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it talks about specifically the topics of redlining, steering, implicit bias, diversity, and the fair housing act. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, this needs to be at the forefront because, the reason that this is a story is because it actually happened. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what people forget. They say, oh, it doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen to us. Well, there's a whole expose on Long Island, which is not that different of an area than Philadelphia. It's very diverse. A lot of different cultures live there. A lot of different people from all over the world. So, you know, that that's where agents need to be doing better mm -hmm. um, and actually follow the rules. And secondly, I, I do appreciate where the where the board's coming from. And, and look, the Real Estate Commission will send out testers on this stuff. I mean, they, Honestly, they did yeah. it during... Well, they did it during the pandemic. They were testing on, are you going in person and seeing properties? And they were right. calling our office doing that. So, you know, that you have to understand that. And then, you know, this is just, I mean, it's just the way things should be done. I, I hate to say anything else, but that, that that's really what it means. So, you know, before we 
before we uh, kind of break to the next segment here, anything else you want to add? I mean, I really hope this gets passed. I mean, I'm, I'm a big proponent mm-hmm. of this because once one state does it, then it opens the floodgates. Right. And the West Coast is typically a little more progressive with this stuff. And then it kind of comes east. That's just how it works, especially right. Oregon right now. So, yeah, I uh, think it's a good idea for sure. Yes. Well, let's it, hope it, it gets passed. We'll just eliminate one more thing, you know, just get that off the table right there. The clearer the rules are, oh, the easier they are yes. to follow. Exactly. Yes. All right. So when we get back, great stuff here, Stacy. as always. We are going to talk about... Andy Walden with Black Knight, who was just on CNBC talking about the direction of the market, what's happening in the market with mortgage rates, what the predictions are, all those economic indicators. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. We will be right back. Buying a home or already one? We can Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are no of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. If you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of bigger online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low down payment options for your free pre-approval call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com the real estate market is red hot have you considered taking advantage call the hey stand by remax at 610-692-697 stand by guys or visit our website tomtool.com to connect and take advantage of these market conditions All right, welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. And again, we are with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one real team in Pennsylvania, Delaware since 2018. And we are excited to be talking about some really interesting market data here because we know what the number one question is about real, you've heard this before. What, what's the number one question you get asked, Stacey? How's the market? How's the market, right? <laughs> Everyone wants to know. And the real answer is that it depends if you're looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest. The data we're going to share with you now is relevant to everybody because it's an interview that was just on CNBC a couple days ago. It comes from Andy Walden with Black Knight, who is a uh, re- researcher, uh, you know, obviously has, has a very valid opinion on what's happening with mortgage rates, because there's a little bit of a mystery right now. What's going to be happening with mortgage rates? People wonder, where are they going to go? Are they going up? Are they going down? And, and we've seen them dance a little bit over the past couple of weeks. And that's been part of the reason they probably did the story in the first place, because people don't know what's going to happen with them. We know what the long-term outlook is, and we've got some information and data on that we're going to share. But let's get to Andy's interview. So it was was kind of an interesting interview. So I'll give you a couple talking points that I saw, then I want your reaction. You had a pretty good one when when we prepped for the show here. 
So basically what he said is the market's unsure right now, which I think anybody could have said that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so the market's unsure right now. He's saying inventory is 60% lower than it should be, which I, I agree with him there. And you know we're going to talk about that in um, you know, maybe some solutions there. I know we, we, we kind of discussed this um, not only on this show, but in coming weeks. And he also said that new listings are 25% lower than they should be. So the, the new listings coming onto the market every month, although the big change we've seen over the past 60 days, and when I'm saying 60 days, I'm talking about April and May, is that new listings are now outpacing pending sales for the first time since June of last year. So before that, what was happening was more homes were selling than were coming onto the market. So when we got out of the coronavirus, COVID-19, you can't sell real estate in Pennsylvania shutdown, inventory was at like a four-ish month supply. Now it's dropped to about a 1.2 month supply in the suburbs, a little over two months in the city of Philadelphia. So it, there, there just aren't enough new listings coming onto the market. Where Then there's a lot of reasons for that, obviously. Mm -hmm. The biggest concern he's identifying is affordability. Mm -hmm. And then he talks about the spread between the 10-year T-bill and mortgage rates. So if you don't know what that means, and then we'll get Stacy's take on all this, the 10-year T-bill, the 10-year treasury bill, as that fluctuates, so do mortgage rates. So when the yield on that rises, rates go down, vice versa. So they have an inverse relationship there. And that's a very simple way to explain it. Um, and obviously, the more you read about it, the more you get educated, you, you can understand that relationship pretty well. And typically, there's a 2% 2 spread there between the T-bill yield and where mortgage rates are. So knowing all of that, what did you think about this? Because they're really trying to project like what's going to happen with rates, what's the Fed going to do? So what, what, what do you think about all this, Stacey? I watched this interview t two times and um, I was really trying to get the gist of what he was trying to tell us. And basically, everything is unknown. So, <laughs> and that's what I got. We don't know. We don't My know. conclusion is we don't know. We don't know. Um, but it's it's fun, though, to try to speculate. And, you know, and that's what everybody really tries to do, speculate what's going to happen. But it, they just can't. Everything is unknown. The concern about affordability, um, historically, I think that's always been a concern, especially in our area. Mm -hmm. We've always had that, um, you know, affordable housing concern here. So I don't think that's anything new. I think just because of the appreciation rate nationally being, what, over 15 percent mm -hmm. in the past year, um, that, I guess, you know, brings it to the forefront once again. Uh, the lower yes, uh, is still the housing market is still rising higher than normal. Um, and that 60% number, that's, that's considerable. Um, but yeah, I think they, everybody wants to know if the rates are going to inch up. You know, I hear that with buyers. How's, you know, are the interest rates, I heard they're going to rise. Oh, maybe, you know, I heard they're going to drop. I don't know. I can't answer that. Um, but I know where they are now. So, and we know where the prices are now. Uh, I think that the appreciated value is going to increase month over month still. Uh, I think we're on track for this year, what, 10% increase? Yeah, we're seeing, I mean, it, it, it depends. I mean, yeah. even like different school districts and townships mm -hmm. go up higher or lower, but it, it's in mm -hmm. that 10 to 13% range. Mm -hmm. Which is a pretty good clip there. And then next year, the same prediction about, I think, 6 or 7% increase. Um, yeah, so it's just interesting that after watching that interview two times, uh, trying to decipher the information, it just comes down to, Basically, everything's still unknown. There's no set expectations. Well, you, you bring up a good point because this isn't the first time these 
predictions have been wrong. I mean, a couple of years ago, everyone thought rates would have been like five, five and a half percent before yes. pandemic happened. And guess what? They went down uh, very clearly. And that was because of Fed monetary policy, some other things that were happening. And look, the market's going to do what the market's going to do. Um, there are controls that the Fed has, but they, they don't set the rate. They set monetary policy, then the market responds based on who's buying what. So uh, the, the interview was was pretty insightful. Now, what, what I disagree with, though, is the concern of affordability, because we have never seen interest rates this low. Well, that's true. And so while the prices are accelerating, like, sure, prices are going up, but inflation's going up, and that's supply and demand, you can still buy. We've seen people upgrade from home. Maybe they bought three to five years ago, which is, is way less than people normally hold properties. I mean, the, the normal hold period is 10 to 11 years now, up from seven, still much less. So they're, they've, their home has appreciated so much and they have enough for a down payment or to get themselves into a payment that they're comfortable with. They're putting maybe more than your typical down payment. And for the record, you don't need 20% down. You can go right. as low as three, five, 10, 20% or more. So what we've seen happen is that the payment is so low on these new houses that they can actually afford a home they never could buy before. Correct. The challenge is that where what what kind of offers that it takes to get homes accepted. And that's why I disagree with what he's saying, um, because he's not in the market. I mean, you're never going to see, you know, rates are coming in what, like 2.875, 3% right today, right. depending on who you work with. Mm -hmm. The lowest we've seen is two and a half. I mean, that, that's literally the lowest that we've had anyone lock in. We, and that was like for three days last year. I mean, it was, it, was, it was a small window and you had to be pretty lucky. So I don't agree on the affordability concern. What I do agree with is that inventory is lower than where it should be. New listings are, and, and I shouldn't say should be, because who's to say where it should be? Where it's been historically is the better way to frame it. So the, the whole point of this interview, though, is like, what's going to happen next? So I pulled some um, different information uh, from News Day. So, um, and, and this report came out about a month ago and it says that Freddie Mac's economic and housing research group, um, they find a, a lot of positive things in the current economic conditions. And what they did was they kind of predicted what's going to happen. So housing price growth, they're expecting it to average 6.6% this year and then 4.4% in 2022. So that's for the whole calendar year because year, year over year, we're up that 10, 13% range, like Stacy said. So this is for the, in, so from December or January 1st uh, to December 31st of 2021, 6.6% .6 higher than that same period in 2020. Gotcha. Massive growth, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we the, the normal appreciation rate is like two to 4%. Right. Then in 2022, they're predicting a 4.4% increase in home price growth. Uh, now they're also saying that New and existing home sales are going to go up to 7.1 million in 2021 and then drop a little bit in 2022. Um, these are big numbers. We've even seen in our marketplace here, we just dropped a video about this uh, yesterday, or I think it uh, got published today, that there's more homes that sold this year than last year. Now, it's a little misleading because we had that 60-day window where you couldn't sell any properties and we don't have all those settlements that happened, especially we're in June, all the March and April settlements or, or sales, they close in June, right? So you have to kind of look at that as well. Um, and uh, on top of that, they're saying that rate, the, the, they're predicting mortgage rates are going to go up to 3.4% by the end of this year and 3.8% by the end of 2022. So this is in line with all, everyone's predicting the same thing here. Um, the question is, is it going to happen? And I, I just can't see keeping rates as low as where they are 
much longer. I just, I, I don't, it's not going to be sustainable because the demand is so frothy and so fierce that the rates are it's taking a bonfire and pouring a bunch of gasoline on it because it, the demand's coming from millennial home buyers. We know that. Everyone thinks it's rates and inventory and it's yeah. not. It's the people that didn't buy homes and don't own anything. And that's someone that's always going to have demand until they buy a house. It's not like I'm going to upgrade because the rates are great. I'm going to upgrade because, well, I know I can get a really good price for my home and take advantage of these market conditions. There's certainly people doing that. But if you look at a lot of the data that's out there, um, it, it, it's a lot of, I think it, uh, based on the NAR home buyer profile, which we'll get into next week, I think it was like over 60% of the buyers were first-time buyers this past year. So uh, in 2020. So, I mean, that, that really demonstrates where the demand's coming from. That's where the data is. So I just can't see rates staying this low forever. I mean, what, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Well, no, the, the rates are definitely going to increase. That's for sure. Um, back and you're talking about the first-time home buyers. One thing that increases also is uh, the rent. You know, the rent values increase. So Have you ever seen rent go down? Never. Rent never goes <laughs> down. So if you're talking about affordability, it's more cost effective to buy a home because nine times out of 10, your monthly mortgage payment is going to be less than that rental payment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why would you pay, you know, the $1,500 a month rent when you can get an $1,100? dollar mortgage, you know, and in, get yourself into a home and start building that equity um, in, you know, in your property, because it is going to increase, it's going to, you know, the value is going to increase continuously for the next few years, um, I guess, projecting out five, six years, possibly. So the, it would, it's, that's why the first time home buyers are jumping into, they see this opportunity. It is uh, millennials. They have a lot of money to put down <laughs> um, because they haven't been spending it, especially in the past year, and they can't afford it. So, and it it would be not to their advantage to continue renting. So, I think that I just wanted to bring that little point up there. Well, yeah, the it's not a little point. That's a big point. Yeah. And you know, they're also at that they're also at the point in their life where a lot of people will, will want to buy a home. And right, when, when you're families. when you're renting a property, here's what happens: so the rent goes, it never goes down, right? Right. You're not just paying rent. You're paying the owner's mortgage if they have a mortgage. Taxes. You're yep. paying the owner's taxes. Yes. What else? You know the next answer here. You're paying the owner's insurance. Right. And you're paying their profit. So, <laughs> it, it, you know, yeah. it, it, there, there, there's an element of wealth building here. And that's kind of like the American dream and what people totally. really want. So that, 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 that's a major thing here. So mm -hmm. as we talk about all this, and this is something we, we, we hit on, I wanted to kind of work this in. So what's the solution here? I mean, everyone's uh, rates are probably going to go up. I mean, they, they've been, I, I, they, they're, they're the lowest recorded in history last year since they started keeping track of mortgage rates because I, I've got, you know, maybe a little bit of a crazy idea here because I think the biggest challenge is like the inventory challenge because there's a lot of buyers that they want to buy houses. They've got intent. They're ready to go and they just don't have the homes to buy, period. So, um, I mean, we're, I know we're going to talk about a little bit about this uh, next week as well. But I mean, is there like a solution here or anything we should be talking about that um, would, uh, you know, would 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 help more people sell their homes? Would help more people sell their yeah, homes? Yeah. I mean, what do you think it's going to take? I mean, because I, I think that, you know, the, the people are staying in their homes longer because they just don't see the upside mm -hmm. or they don't have a place to go. They don't have a place to go. That's it. Yeah, I think. Um, but getting back to the rates increasing, it's not going to be monumental increases. People so are still going to be buying. Yeah, this right. isn't going to dampen still, down demand. Exactly. I agree. It's not like they're going to go up to 7% overnight. Um, so, you know, 3.6 and 3.8% is still 
incredibly, incredibly low. But yeah, the solution, what to help people sell their homes, maybe some incentives. <laughs> well, I, yeah, and then that, that's where we're going with this, because mm -hmm. right now um, with the uh, Biden housing plan, they want to give first time home buyers an incentive. They got plenty of incentives. I was gonna we say, don't have a demand problem. They don't need, yeah, they don't need incentive. They have plenty. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I get it to make it a little more affordable. But they're talking about offering um, a, a tax credit. And, you know, I, I don't, be, where rates are right now, and they're going to get write-offs anyway. Mm -hmm. and my observation is, why are you giving sellers tax credits? Right. right? Yes. I mean, they're, they're talking about getting rid of 1031 exchanges, increasing capital yeah. gains tax, and yeah. giving first-time buyer tax credits. That's not the problem in the market right now. That's going to, like you said, throw gas yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's just not gonna, it's right. not gonna solve anything. And, you know, my view is if you want to solve this problem, you want to solve the problem, you got to get more homes on the market because it's a supply and demand issue and the demand's too much. And, and I mean, if you really want to incentivize folks, you know, maybe, you know, the 1030, we're eliminating the 1031 exchange is a problem because there's going to be some folks that they bought an investment property and let's say it's like down the shore or something, or it's a smaller townhome in an area they like, and eventually they're going to move there. Mm -hmm. So now you're, you're kind of forcing their hand. So some sort of tax incentive for sellers in a time period where, mm -hmm. you know, the, I mean, and, 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 you know, the government, I mean, they're willing to take the tax hit on the buy side. I, I don't know why they don't do it on the seller side. And I, I think it's lack of imagination from the current administration. They're, they're kind of going to a play that worked when he was vice president, but the market was a lot different then. This is not 2008, 2009. Right, right. This is 2021. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's a problem. much different problem, right? I mean, the market's got plenty of demand. Mm -hmm. People have a lot of equity in their homes, mm -hmm. more than ever. So I, I, that if, I, I just don't understand why that's not being talked about more. That's not an idea that's coming to the table. Well, yeah, we should bring that to the table. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, well, if we tell anyone in Washington, right. I'll, I'll probably be like 70 years old by the time it gets passed. So... For sure. To me, that's such an easy solution here. Right. And because, I mean, if you look at the even even the labor market through April, I mean, they I mean, they you know, they're they're, they're there's jobs that are growing. People are hiring more. Consumer confidence is back. Mm -hmm. Restrictions are getting lifted. All these things are going to start to make the market a little more of a of a I, I don't want to say equal because it's not going to be equal, but. It's going to make it go the other way a little bit. I and mean, we've seen inventory jump up 20% over, over the past month or so. That's a, it, it's, now, it's only from a one-month to a 1.2-month supply in Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery County. So it's not a lot. Not a lot, but an increase nonetheless. Look, 20% is still 20%, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's 20% it's on a very small number <laughs> right. is the issue. So know, knowing that we're seeing that happening, and we've also seen travel spending go up, especially when we head into the summer months. And, I mean, we've talked about this. We've seen the market kind of not slow, but like hesitate compared to where it was in Q1 and April and, 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 and the beginning of May. There's a little bit of refocus right now because of everything opening up. People want to do other things. Their screen looking at homes, you oh. know, <laughs> obsessively looking at homes like they were before when we were on lockdown. Uh, so the refocus is yeah, everybody's excited. They're getting out, doing a little traveling, doing things that they haven't done in a long time. So the focus will come back. Mm -hmm. housing um after after you know people get that out of their system but yeah I, I agree with you i think that the incentives should be on the on the seller side uh buyers have plenty of incentive there's so many different loan programs available to them to make it easier to get into um their time home so definitely if there would be something to entice the sellers to list uh, i think that's a great idea 
I mean, that, that's where if you're really going to solve the problem, that's where it's got to go. You got to hit him in the in, in the pocketbook or the wallet or whatever you want to call it. So to me, that 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 that's an obvious route to take here. So you know, the, the I guess the last thing we'll hit on here. So you're you're in agreement. You're going to see rates go up here. I mean, are you, are you kind of seeing the same thing? And I think so. And the, in terms of the affordability concern, it's more of the I, th- I think it's just getting a house concern is is the, is the bigger one for a lot getting, of people, right? Yes, getting a house. Where's the house going to come from? Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, knowing that's the case, I mean, and, and what we'll tell you is these experts always come out with these predictions and, and ultimately nobody really knows what's going to happen. No one predicted coronavirus. No one predicted the, well, some people did predict it at the very end, at the very end of this, but the mortgage issue that grant that caused the 2008, uh, recession. So, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen. What we do know is that, you know, in, in terms of timing, I mean, so you're a consumer right now. And I think this is what we want to ask. So you're thinking about buying or selling a home in the next six months. Let's get really short window here. You hear all this information. You hear us talking on the radio. What advice do you have for sellers and buyers? Like what do sellers and buyers need to know right now? Sellers and buyers. Um, Let's start one at a time. Which okay. one? You, you pick. So what buyers need to know. Buyers need to know how competitive is it is right now. And if they uh, you know, what is their motivation for, for buying? Is mm-hmm. it, you know, is it right now instant, like you said, six months? Um, and how am I going to best present my offer? They need to know how to write a really, really strong offer in this competitive market. And they have to have everything in line, have all your financing in line, have everything in order so that you're ready to go. So that's what I would advise buyers. Go through the buying process with them, show them all the documents, all the paperwork they'll be filling out. Uh, if they're first-time home buyers, they've never done this before. And and honestly, people, if even if, if they you, did it 15 years exactly, ago, it's a lot 20 different. Years right? ago, it's a lot different. You know, you're seeing this paperwork for the first time, really. So go through that whole process. Make sure they understand. It it's probably the first time around you, that you submit an offer, you probably will be heartbroken. <laughs> um, but to continue because we can get offers accepted. For the sellers, um, just make sure that their expectations are in check. Sure. You know, sometimes the sellers think that, oh, it's a seller's market. So we're going to ask for a million dollars for my um, four bedroom twin here. So you have to make sure that their expectations are in line uh, also and uh, find out their motivation also. Well, and, and, and you know, I, I'm going to take it a step further. If you're a seller and you're not getting offers, um, I oh. mean, they're, they're, if you're not, you know, you, you've had more than six to 10 showings, you don't have an offer in yet. That's likely the market telling you something. You may right. not want to hear this. Your agent might be afraid to tell you this because right. that's the biggest challenge with agents is having those difficult conversations that nobody wants to have. So you know, that's where it's time to get real about what's happening in the market. Mm-hmm. For the buyers that are out there, what I know is, you know, I, I think there's the magic words you want to hear every agent ask you. Has anyone taken the time to show you how the purchase process works? Right. Because most agents don't even know themselves, don't know how to explain it. Just think people want to see houses and they're going to jam offers home and then don't communicate the offers appropriately. I can't tell you how many times we get these things without a phone call, a text message, an email. The offer just shows up and you're about to execute something else. And they were writing this for the past 12, 14 hours, two days sometimes. So, you know, it's it's as much of, you know, interviewing agents, making sure you're finding the right person to help you navigate this market, because there's more homes that sold this year than last year. Mm -hmm. Locally in the greater Philadelphia, we're seeing that number climb. So there's not less homes available. There's less inventory sitting on the market for a long period of time, but you got to know how to react. And if you're worried about getting into a competitive situation, target those homes that are like seven to 10 days on the market, go look at them then because 
there might be an opportunity to negotiate with the seller then. I mean, not every home is, the, the market has changed. We're not everything selling with multiple offers now. And not everybody's waiving inspection. Exactly. And that only happened 20% of the time anyway. Right. And anytime I, and now what, what I do know is there's certain segments of the market that are more competitive than others. Right. You're in that like three to five, three to six range, oh 250 to six range. Yep. That's where a lot of homes transact. That's really competitive. Mm-hmm. You got to know the local market because there's always these breakpoints depending on where you are, whether it's a township or a school district or a town where above a certain price, the market gets soft real quick. I mean, it, and literally it's sometimes is, okay, this home's price is 625. There's a ton of interest. The home at 675, it's really quiet. And, and that's kind of how it goes. So what, what you know, what you want to be doing as a seller is be aware of them. If you're not getting offers, and you're saying, I got plenty of time to wait. That's probably a mistake because the best chance for you to get the best price is that first 30 to 40 days on the market. Mm-hmm. And as a buyer, make sure you understand the process. Like Stacy said, make sure you understand what it's going to take, what documents you need to sign, what kind of market conditions we're dealing with, because there's what your friend tells you. And then there's what's yeah. actually and happening. The truth. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, everyone loves to, I, I've even found that, I mean, you know, you, you, you deal with like your, your friend or someone like that. They always want to say they got a deal and this and that, but they, they end up paying the asking price for the property. So right. the point the is, the deal is getting the house. Well, I agree with that a hundred percent. And ultimately the goal is to get a home or to get the home sold. That's the, this is a black and white business and mm-hmm. we deliver results. We don't do, and we, we guide you through it and it's tough and, and, and we get all that. So mm-hmm. no matter what's happening in the market here, there's still people transacting. There's still people that are, that are buying houses and it's important to know what's going on and then see what the right move for you is going to be. And that, that's ultimately what happens in the residential market. Very different when you're investing and doing other things. Mm-hmm. So from there, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back next and talk about one of the most in vogue things over the past, I don't know, we'll call it 15, 16 months. I'm losing track. <laughs> Buying a home sight unseen and will it continue and how to navigate that process appropriately Again, you got a question you want us to cover. It's info at tooltimeradio.com. That's an E at the end of tool. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered standby manage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. Uh-huh. 
All right, all right. We are back with the final segment of Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She is Stacy Mitchell, realtor extraordinaire, and we are part of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. And what we're going to talk about now, this this is like the 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 one thing that I think blew a lot of people's mind, and we really had to get them comfortable with. Dating back to, well, uh, you know, 14, 15 months ago, I'm, I'm losing track, but we'll call it March of last year, buying a home site unseen. And there was an article on Inman that came out that, you know, kind of got me thinking about this because what I know is that, you know, the month of April last year, we sold 12 homes virtually. I thought that was pretty good. I was pretty That's proud, really of, proud of what we were able to do. Think about that. That's a big number. Well, it, I mean, considering that we weren't supposed to do anything and right. like th- this would go down and, and you've done a lot of these where. Like the seller is on a Zoom link with the buyer and then the agents are there and we're all just sitting there staring at our computer screens in the (laughs) depression of being locked in your house for 60 days and living in Pennsylvania. So, And people were buying homes that way. Uh, There's a reason for that, which we'll get into. So on top of that, I mean, video marketing has always been something we've embraced. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we've got our man Nick Wolf here uh, behind the camera. He's our go-to photographer. He's our, you know, our our own, very grateful to have him. A lot of uh, real estate agents will outsource that. They'll hire a professional photographer through a number of different companies. Um, You know, we really value that even more. And they'll do, you know, video tours, virtual tours, Matterport. What what is it? A Ricoh Theta camera is the other way to do that. So this is something we've been doing for a long time. And we're very committed to video. If you look at our YouTube channel or anything else, that's not the case for a lot of realtors. They didn't want to spend the money on video marketing because they're worried about the, you know, the, the whatever it costs for the tour. Uh, you know, I, I can't afford that, which I, you're doing your client a disservice, obviously, especially now. But the question that came up um, on Inman is that because of the pandemic, bu- pandemic, excuse me, buying home sight unseen was was pretty common. Right. And now that, you know, we're, we're, we're six days away. I'm not that I'm counting uh, about the, you know, restrictions getting lifted and, you know, doing things kind of normally here. And luckily we've been able to work back in person since June of last year. And we were very grateful for that. Um, when, when the, the state changed the guidelines here, uh, is this going to continue though? Um, are people only going, are they going to fly in now to go buy a property or are they, are you still going to see people that are buying homes virtually that are looking at a video doing that? And I've, I've got kind of an interesting perspective here in a couple case studies what do you think about this, Stacey? Because I know you're, you're dealing with this a lot. Well, I think that it's definitely going to continue for sure. Um, you know, everything I've learned to do things differently during COVID. It started pre-COVID. Uh, you know, people would purchase vacation homes. Yes. So it's not something brand new, but it has evolved and it's become more commonplace uh, since COVID. So... I think it's definitely going to continue for sure. There's people who are trying to relocate into different areas. If say if somebody's moving from the West Coast to the East Coast, they can't make it every single time a new house comes on the market. They're not going to fly in, um, or they're so, going to lose the property, or they're going to yeah, they're going to lose out. So time constraints, logistics, um, it really the the video tours are amazing. I think even to the point where. If you're a local agent, and I've done this myself, I've I've done a, a personal video tour for clients, mm-hmm. like on the Zoom link. Sure, yeah. sure. So I, I think this is definitely going to become more commonplace for sure. 
Yeah, well, and I, I, I agree with you because the realtors that don't evolve after what happened last year, Ooh. they're going to be the ones that are eventually out of the business. I mean, we know there's an 87% failure rate every five years. That, that's how the turnover we see in the business. So I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Um, you know, and, and you bring up a really good point. In vacation markets, buying virtually is very common. And, mm-hmm. and you got to look at those properties too. Um, especially with like a condo in Florida. Well, mm-hmm. you, you kind of know how the condo is going to lay out. You know what right. the view is. You get all that. You want it on a certain floor. And someone that's sophisticated when it comes to real estate is probably going to be a lot more comfortable doing this than the young first-time buyer that right. doesn't right. know what the heck is going on. So I, I do agree. Vacation markets, it's absolutely going to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, what I also know is that I, I, you know the first time I sold a home um, without the, the buyer coming to see it, and so they, they bought it virtually. It was, it was like 2008 or 2009. Might have been 2011. I can't remember. But it was in, uh, it was in Hershey's Mill, a retirement community um, out in Westchester. And the buyer was coming from Washington State. And she said, I know what unit that is. I know the model. So very similar to what I just talked about. And we're going to buy it. And the sellers were nervous as hell. They said, is she going to show up? Right. Did the deposit come in? Because we're wiring the deposit. We're signing things electronically. At the time when this happened, this was not commonplace. It's much more commonplace now. I mean, electronic signatures, I, they didn't come out till, I don't know, 2010, 2009, something like that. So, but this was this was just the beginning of, of the tech innovation in real estate. So the sellers were very nervous and kept asking me that question. So I've seen it happen a couple times, but you bring up a really good point. The market's moving too fast for some people to get there. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's going to be up to the agent to be the one to get there fast, to be able to do it. And right. And if you have a rapport with your clients, they'll trust your honesty. They, I've had this happen. They asked me to go inside and because I want you to see firsthand mm-hmm. what the house is really about. Because sometimes pictures tell a different story. Um, and even on the video tours, uh, they could tell a little bit different story. But, you know, if I would go into a home and say, oh, you know, it, this area is a concern or this is something that wouldn't show in pictures, um, you know, then that could uh, definitely paint a different picture for the for the buyers. But getting back to the agents that use video and how <laughs> if they don't, you know, what is it? If you don't conform, be cast out. Um, That's 10- new. I never heard that, but I like it. <laughs> 10% of agents use video, mm-hmm. right? And what yeah, is this barely, set? yeah. Like I mean, 4% understand how it works? Yeah, a lot of these people don't know anything. I mean, they just do it because they think, I mean, it, look, this is the reality of, right. of, of any business. But, right. and I, 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 I hate saying that, but I mean, you ask a consumer or you ask someone that's dealt with this, it's very true. Mm-hmm. Keep going. So uh, my personal experience with a buyer buying sight unseen, and you're right, the sellers, I think, are more nervous than the buyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, she, she is a first-time home buyer. She has put in a couple of offers and lost out. Um, she was actually under contract with a home, but, uh, the inspections didn't go very well. The Mm -hmm. house needed a lot more work than necessary. While we were terminating that, she found a home and she's like, that's, I'm just putting an offer in. I don't even have to see the home. I'm putting an offer in. And yes, the listing agent and the seller were more nervous about it. And I had to, you know, deal. Yeah. I I had to let them know, no, she's serious. And Mm -hmm. this is, this is, and she waived inspections. Um, and it, it's an amazing house and she couldn't be more happy. So for her, she knew exactly what she was looking for. Mm-hmm. And so it was very productive. Um, and we didn't have an issue with that. But that was, you know, she, we totally, I didn't even go through the house. She didn't go through the house. The first time we were through, 
um, was when she did inspections for her information just to learn how to operate the house. Uh, so it, it worked out well. Well, and, and and you brought up something there, and I don't want to gloss over this. The video that you take or the video that the agent takes, whether it's a FaceTime, whether it's a Zoom, and this is why every agent should invest in a good phone with a nice camera. And I, I cannot stress this enough. I mean, you should be putting out video content anyway, but if you're not going to do that, at least for your clients, so you can send them appropriate property videos, that you, you brought up a good point. You need video they can see everything about the home. The marketing pictures, not the, right. oh, this backyard looks great because <laughs> the light's just right and the fire pit's going. It's, hey, let's go look at the heater. Right. And, exactly. and let's see, hey, it just rained today. Let's see if there's any water the in the basement and like look around the foundation walls. Right. Those sort of things, all the, you know, the warts, the bumps, the bruises, whatever you want to call it, that's the stuff people want to see. And one of the reasons we were able to sell homes virtually during the shutdown last year is we had Nick go in and this was pretty, uh, I mean, we, we had the operational office pretty quickly. He was taking long form videos of the properties and say, hey, here's the utility room and here's what the utility room looks like. And here's what the electrical box looks like. It's, it's breakers. It's not fuses, which you, know, you guys might laugh if you're, but there, there's homes that still have fuses. Mm -hmm, for sure. um, depending on the age and everything else. So that's the kind of video that these people want. So you know, my, my, my view is this, as long as the market moves at the current pace that it does, and I don't see that stopping even when inventory climbs, even when rates climb, because we are in a world where buyers and, and consumers in general, they want everything immediately. They want to hit a button on their phone and buy a house. I mean, that, that's yep. what people really want. And you can you know, have some happen later. So the point is that the agents who are able to pivot that way and enable their listings to be sold sight unseen through their marketing, through, man, maybe there's a different video that you send out. You have the marketing video and that's what gets posted on all the different websites. And then you get the invasive, the guts, yeah, video. Gust, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I like that guts video. That's something you send out to people when they inquire because you don't want that everywhere, but for the interested buyers, you're going to want it similar to a disclosure statement. Right. You start doing that sort of stuff as an agent, that's going to enable your listing to sell quicker for more money because people will be more comfortable. Hey, we just lost. And, and remember, this is an emotional decision. We just lost out on this property. Mm -hmm. That's on the same street or that's two streets over or what, you know, I mean, they're going to have some sort of um, emotional connection to it for whatever reason. That to me is the way you got to service your clients moving forward, because if you're not going to pivot and you still want to do things the way they've always been done, which is most of real estate, you know, that that's how you get, you know, put out of business. So I totally agree with what you're saying. And I find that really important I brought that it's your video, not someone else's. This happened to a, uh, Steve was on the show last week. If you heard his son crying in the background, love you, Steve. Um, so he had a client. They said, well, we saw a video, but we want you to go in. This is, this is a, a high-end home. It's north of a million dollars on the main line. We want you to go in and we want your video because we live out in Pittsburgh right now and we can't make it there. And we know we've got two days to buy this home. Exactly. So this That's is real exactly life. we're talking about, right? So we go in, we go through, we tour the house. And we take our own video or we have them on Zoom and we take them through everything. Uh, done that numerous times. It's very productive. Well, and, and mm -hmm. to give some perspective here, I mean, this is like home buyers right now. They're looking at a median of nine homes according to the 2020 NAR home buyer mm -hmm. profile. They saw five of them only online. So they looked at more homes online okay. than they did in person. Now, that was last year. Now, yeah, I got to put an asterisk next to last year because of the conditions. But it was only two months. It wasn't, I mean, now some people were afraid. They didn't want to go out. They had safety concerns. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we had to do that for 
one sixth of the year. Um, so, but if, if that's a number that's coming out from NAR, if you think that's not going to continue, then you're going to be left in the dust when it comes to marketing listings and being able to service your clients. I agree. I agree. All right. I agree. So wait, wait, what do you think that number is going to jump next year? As far as purchasing? Vir no, a virtual. So we're over 50% there. It's five out of nine. I mean, I, like I can do the percentages here. Let me break out the calculator. But do you think that number is going to change? Or, uh, no, I, I think it's going to increase. I totally think it's going to so increase. So that's 55.55% of the time. So what do you think it goes to? 60? Um, 70? It could go to It could go to 70. And then you have to understand, too, we have a lot of millennial buyers. Mm -hmm. So they're more tech savvy. Good point. Yeah. And they, they want that instant gratification. They want, you know, they, they live on video, mm -hmm. right? So, again, I think that if you're an agent and you're not using video, utilizing that tool, I don't know. You, you might want to take some lessons and learn how to. How to leverage that? I mean, you probably want to get a new cell phone minute opening yours up to uh, <laughs> to make a phone call because I mean that that's the reality. I mean, maybe exactly. maybe figure out how to use like an electronic signature or dust off your PC. <laughs> so, on that note, you need to get in touch with us. Uh, you can follow the live stream on Facebook. We are Tom Tool Sales Group on Facebook. You can follow Stacy Mitchell on Instagram at the number two Mitch M I T C H Co C O. You can follow me at Tom Tool Three R D. For Tom Tool the Third, there's an E at the end of Tool. And if you want to get in touch with the show, you want us to cover something, you want to come on the show, you got something for us to talk about, it's info at tooltimeradio.com. That's a wrap for this week. We are Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.